Adam was one of the most powerful discoveries in scientific history. However, it was nothing compared to the power discovered by the splitting of the atom. Now, too many of us feel split in half when it comes to serving. And for us, that robs our power. At the core of who we are is the need for life to be about something more than ourselves, more than just to exist, more than a to-do list, more than a career, more than a role to play, more than an assignment to do. We need purpose. Purpose is where people find the power to lead lives of great impact. Now, we're still towards the beginning of the year, and so a lot of us did New Year's resolutions, or maybe you did a growth plan, and maybe you've already fallen off on some of those things that you had committed to do, right? Right? There's still time to jump on that diet, I promise, right? I'm talking to myself, but, right, there's things, even during our Atomic Life series, there's probably some habits that you wanted to start, but it's been a challenge, Well, let me tell you this. Let me give you a a little bit of a life hack when it comes to starting habits. Powerful habits are easily formed around purpose. When you have a purpose. Now, uh, when I think about somebody with a purpose, and I'll explain to you why, Kobe Bryant came to mind for me. Now, Kobe Bryant was committed. His purpose was to be the greatest basketball player possible, the greatest basketball player that lived. That's what he wanted to do. He actually has this quote, which if you're looking to waste a couple hours, you can get into Kobe Bryant quotes, a lot of really good ones out there, okay? But uh, this is one of my favorites. He said this, if you want to be great at something, there's a choice you have to make. What I mean by that is, is there's an inherent sacrifice that comes along with it. Family time, hanging out with friends, being a great friend, being a great son, a nephew, whatever the case may be. Just in that quote, we see that Kobe Bryant was willing to make a lot of sacrifices for what he felt like his purpose was in being the best basketball player. Now, it may feel like an odd example to use Kobe, but last year when we lost Kobe, the world stopped, didn't it? He, he was so committed to a game that when he died, the world stopped because of the impact that he had made, because of the purpose that he felt like he had. So I did some research on what he invested. What atomic habits did he have that led to such impact? And I I just looked and he would do track workouts every day, basketball training every day, and weight training every day. He averaged six hours a day of atomic habits that led to the life of impact that he lived. Now, whether you're a Christ follower, uh, checking out God, faith, or the church, all of us understand the desire for life to be about more, for life to have purpose. Justin, don't steal that, please. Okay, I need it for the next service. So, hey, what, what about you? Do you want a life of more? Because we at Faith Promise, we want you to have a life of more. And listen, I don't know what you think you know about Jesus or what you believe about Jesus, but he wants you to have a life of more. He says in John 10, 10, I came that they, that's us, may have life and have it abundantly. That Greek word for abundantly is a Greek word of perios, and that means more. So he said, I came that you may have life and have it more, more than what the world offers, more than what you would offer to yourself. Jesus came from heaven to earth to offer you a life of more. But let's be real. 
for most of us, the most powerful times in our lives has been when somebody has served us or we've served someone with expecting nothing in return, which leads us to an atomic truth. The habit of serving others leads to a powerful life filled with purpose a powerful life filled with purpose. That's why all month long, we've been challenging and encouraging ourselves and everyone to begin habits that will lead us to finding God's favor flowing in and through our life. The biblical inspiration for this series has come out of Hebrews 5, 14. I love this verse. It says this, solid food is for the mature. Now, we have a six-month-old son named Valor. I watch what he eats. I hate feeding him. I hate it. If you say you like feeding a baby, you're a liar. They spit it out. It's infuriating. This is not therapy, so I'll move on. But I want to eat solid food, steak, meat, potatoes, right? Solid food is for the mature who has because, because of practice. That word practice is translated to habits. Have their senses trained uh, to distinguish between good and evil. That is what will lead to a life of power. That is what will lead to a life of purpose. We believe that powerful habits are the work of our life. It's what God has called us to do, which connects really well with our theme verse for the year in Psalms 90, 17. May the favor of the Lord be upon us. That's upon us, faith promise, and confirm the work of our hands. Think about it this way. Yes, confirm the habits of our hands. So what does that work look like? Right? What do those habits look like? Well, at Faith Promise, we have some cultural habits that we believe if we carry out together, our world will look drastically different. And those for us is putting God first. We want to put God first in everything we do, at least do our best to. We want to be growing together. Those are in groups where we grow together, which we want to, we want to put you in. We want to be a part of that. It's something that I do and something that our family does. It's amazing. We want to give generously want to give generously. And hey, if giving generously is a challenge for you and you've missed any of the last two weeks, pastor did some unbelievable message messages. I want to encourage you to hop online and watch those. Uh, a really challenging habit. And listen, let's not let Kobe Bryant outwork our faith for basketball, right? So he, it, one, one of the habits that we feel called to is telling them of him. That's sharing our faith. That's hard. It's a hard habit, but we're willing to do it. And another one is serving others, serving others. And actually, this weekend, we want to highlight serving others that have it. And so there's a card in your seat, and we're going to talk more about it. But I want to encourage you to seek God's face during this message. If the Holy Spirit prompts you, fill this sucker out, and let's help you plug into a life of power and purpose that changes the world. I also want to stop for a second and celebrate our students. Uh, if you don't know, they, they did something called One Day. Go ahead. Go ahead. Celebrate them. Just for Just cuts. Just cuts. We love you so much. But actually, I have on uh, one, of their, one, of, one of the shirts. Um, they, they had an event on Saturday called One Day. They said, let's not wait till one day. Let's make our one day today. And over 600 students and leaders went out in our community and shared the real love of God. And when people asked, what are y'all doing? We said, we love you and love God. Is that not amazing? It's so good. So we're so proud of you students. Uh, you, you are the church now. So this is what makes us Faith Promise. So I want to welcome all of our campuses. We're so excited for you. Uh, keep on praying for Bristol. They have a huge watch party this weekend as we push towards launching that campus in August. Uh, my name is Zach Stevens. If you don't know me, uh, it's, it's my pleasure 
I mean it, to serve you as one of our pastors on staff. I believe that this weekend is gonna change the trajectory of not just your life, but our lives together, which means our church. So let's pray. God, we love you so much. And we come before you right now begging you that you would intercede and intersect in our life. God, that you would challenge us to step into the more that you have called us to. God, that our world is desperate for believers to step up and stand up and be who you've called us to be. God, we love you. We're surrendered, surrendered, we're committed. Use this weekend, move us this weekend. In your precious time we pray, amen, amen. Hey, too many of us feel powerless when it comes to serving. We feel powerless. Too many of us feel too busy. We get too distracted, right? The enemy's so good at distracting us. A lot of us unfortunately feel like we don't have anything to offer. Listen, in the power of the name of Jesus, I want you to hear that those are lies from the enemy meant to rob your personal power to change the world. So just think for a second. Do you feel powerless to serve? Think, do you feel like you don't have the time to serve? Do you feel like you could not be used by God? Well, I have amazing news. This weekend, we are going to plug into the power of divine purpose, and we are gonna help you, we're gonna help me, find what we were meant and how we were made and meant to serve. So we're gonna jump into God's word to help give us clarity like we do. But as, spoiler alert, if you're on the Bible reading plan, uh, we're gonna be in Mark 10, so you're gonna read that on Tuesday, okay? So you'll get to read it twice. You're welcome, don't skip it, okay? But hey, if you're not on the Bible reading plan, and you don't have a plan to read the Bible, there's a QR code on the screen. Jump on the Bible reading plan with us. We, we just wanna do that together as a church as we are pressing forward to where God has called us to go. So we'll be in Mark 10. We find Jesus hanging out with the 12 disciples and we have two of the disciples come up to Jesus and we're gonna jump in on their conversation. In Mark 10, 35, it says, then James and John came to Zebedee, our sons of Zebedee came to Jesus. They said, teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. That's a bold way to start your prayers. If that's how you're doing it, more power to you. Way to go, let me know if it works and I'll join you, right? We want you to do whatever we ask. And Jesus says, well, like a, like a good parent would, what do you want, right? So he says, what, what would you like me to do for you? And they replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in your glory. That's a pretty significant request. These two wanted more just like us. These two wanted power, just like us. And we can learn so much from Jesus's response to them. In verse 41, it says, then when the 10 heard about this, the other 10 disciples, they were furious. They were indignant with James and John. So Jesus calls them together and Jesus said, uh, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, Gentiles, that's, that was their culture at the time, the people they lived around, Lord it, Lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority or power over them. Listen, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. What a buzzkill, right? They asked, can we sit at your right and your left in glory? And he said, well, sure. You gotta be a servant. Sure. You have to be a slave to all. 
I don't have time to get into, but when he said all in the Greek, it meant all. People that you like, the people you don't like, the people who get on nerves, the people who vote differently than you, the people who look differently than you. When he said all, he meant all. Amen, church? That's who we're called to be. So he said, if you're looking for a life of power and of purpose, then we have to serve. Because the habit of serving others leads to a powerful life filled with purpose. One of those indignant, one of those furious disciples was named Peter. Peter, that's the same guy that Jesus appointed to start the church that we still represent today, 2,000 years later. That's a pretty amazing legacy, right? And if you look throughout the Gospels, where that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus is living his ministry, we see that Peter was very close to Jesus, and Jesus taught Peter how to live a life of power, how to live a life of purpose. So towards the end of the Bible, there are some books or some letters that Jesus or that Peter wrote to the church in first and second Peter. And those apply to us today. And he tells us in those books how we can live the same powerful life that Jesus taught him to live. And so we're going to walk through a couple of those verses right here this weekend together. In first Peter 4, 7, he writes this, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Now, how many of us in 2020 heard, oh my gosh, the end is near, it's coming. Let's post about it. Oh, the end is near, I can't believe it. Let's write our senator. The end is near, let's just gossip and be mad about it. Peter said, what if we prayed? It's a welcome change, right? What if we prayed? Now listen, it's big what he said, be alert, do not be distracted. That part's not even in my notes, that was just extra. You don't have to tithe extra or nothing, that was just yours, right? He says, be alert, don't be distracted. This happens to me too easily, right? Listen, here's a question. Do we think more about the habits of the world or do we think more about the habits of the word? Now, I don't know about you, if I go a, a, a morning or an evening without brushing my teeth, I feel it. I feel it, right? Some of you guys are elbowing each other. We can see you, right? You feel like you got hair growing in your mouth. How do you feel if you skip your prayer time? Is it feeling worse? Do you feel it? How do you feel when you skip your time of the word? Do you feel it? That's an issue. It's an issue. We should feel it. Because we're called to be a difference maker. We're called to change, right? It's a great question. I get it. I'm not trying to heap guilt. I should, if I could preach this message from the chair, I totally would, right? So, but how can we think more about the word than of the world when we live in the world? Peter tells us right there in that passage, a lot of P's, okay? Right there in that passage, pray, pray. Every day I go to the gym, I come home and I, I do my Bible reading plan and I get my journal out and I pray. I write down the passages that from God's word that day that I, I'm begging him to apply to my life. Listen, I do not like doing this. I hate my handwriting. I can't spell worth anything. Every day when I write, I'm re-shocked at how terrible my handwriting is. Yet, I do it because I wanna get this pen out, my faith promise pen, because I pray for you every day. And I write down and I say, God, please take my lustful thoughts away. God, please take my selfish thoughts away. And I beg God, please let me meet a lost person today at the gas station, at the gym, whatever it may be. God, recenter me on you. I pray 
And I ask God to make me a man, a dad, a husband, a leader of the word and not one of the world. Hey, listen, this may be your first move in joining the real love movement that is faith promise, not just on the weekend, but Monday through Friday. So let me ask you, are you in the habit of praying? And I'm not talking about a rare and reactive kind of prayer. I'm talking about a powerful, proactive kind of prayer. This is not a bedtime, mealtime, response to a difficult time kind of prayer. This is not a coping kind of prayer. This is a habitual, powerful kind of prayer where we believe God is actually gonna answer and move through us. So are we praying for eyes to see? Are we praying for words to speak? Are we praying for believers around us? Are we praying for revelation in their life that they would look differently, that we would look differently? Are we praying for non-believers around us? Are we praying for opportunities to share our story of real love? Let me tell you, at Faith Promise, we are committed that our staff and our leaders, that we will lead the way in what we feel like God is calling our whole church to do. Something we feel like a whole church is called to do is share our faith personally. Well, let me tell you this. If you wonder why a pastor's faith is bigger than yours, it's because he publicly proclaims the name of Jesus every week. When's the last time you did it? Right? I love you. I, I don't want to make you feel guilty, but if pastor, if, pa if you said pastor, every single person of faith promise could have your size faith, but you never get to preach again, you'd never see him again. Never. He'd just go work at Home Depot. That's where he is most of the time anyway. And he just win people to Jesus there. Or Lowe's or wherever. I don't know. I may just cross the line. I'm so sorry. Lord, forgive me. Right? Hey, let me tell you this. Last weekend, I was at the Blunt Campus. And I was out front. And, uh, and I was greeting. I just like doing that. I love meeting people and, and shaking hands. And um, this young man came up to me. And uh, he, just, he just said, hey, um, do I just go in and sit down? And right then, I knew. Because at, at the staff on Faith Promise, we're praying every day. You can look at my journal. I pray for a, an opportunity to witness to a lost person every day. Because I work at Faith Promise. There's not a lot of lost people that work here. It's probably one or two, okay? I'm not gonna say their names, right? But, but the, so, so I don't get a chance a lot of times. So I will, I pray. That young man walked up to me and, he's, and I said, hey, just tell me why you're here. He hadn't been to church since sixth grade. He's 22, he's had a hard life. And he said, Zach, I walked to my car and I opened the door and I just felt something tell me, we know it to be God, the Holy Spirit. And he looked in his car and he said, something inside me said, is this the life that you want? And he knew it wasn't. He said, and something inside me said, go to that church. And I was standing out front. I've, I've got a jacket, it's got a little fur on it. People say it looks feminine, but it keeps me warm, so I don't care what you say. And he walked up to me and he said, hey, can I just go in and sit down? Holy Spirit said, this man needs me. I'll, I'll tell you the whole story another weekend. 25 minutes later, before the service even started, before the note was struck, Sean gave his life to Christ. Because that's who we are. It's who we are. So I want to encourage you, if, you're, if, you're, if you want to grow in that power of prayer, come next Saturday as we have our prayer gathering together. Come and let's grow in prayer together. That's who we're meant to be. So that next Saturday at nine, we will be praying together. 
okay? So, hey, students, I want to encourage you. I want you to pray. Uh, you are not the church next. You are the church now. I need you to pray for the change that you see. I know that we, would like, we wish that we can legislate change in our communities, but I believe it's going to be the love that God has put inside of you that will cause the change that we so desperately need. Church, we have to feel in our hearts what's going on in the world around us. We have to feel, we have to be burdened and broken for those far from God. Peter continues in verse 8 in that, in that first Peter 4 uh, chapter, and he says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. A multitude of sins. Can you feel the passion in that verse? Can you feel the purpose in that verse? This is the kind of love that breaks barriers that restores families, that breaks addictions, and so much more. Do you know why? Because this love, like the verse says, is covering. It's moving. This love is serving. Because real love, faith promise, the love that we are called to, the love that you are called to is an action. It's not an emotion. Real love is an action. It's not an emotion. So if you're a Christ follower listening this weekend, maybe the pandemic has temporarily sidelined your serving. Here's an atomic truth I want you to receive. Quarantine did not cancel your calling. It may feel like it. You may be unsure, but quarantine did not cancel your calling. You still have gifts from birth, from rebirth, and those you've picked up along the way. A hard or a busy season does not change the heart of a servant. If you feel powerless or purposeless and you're not serving, let us serve you. Talking specifically about serving, Peter goes on in verse 9, and he says, offer hospitality, serve one another without grumbling. Now, some of us feel like grumbling is a spiritual gift. That's not biblical, okay? So, without grumbling. Why would Peter specifically talk about not grumbling? Because Peter knows that the enemy knows if he can get us thinking division or grumbling, he can get us living division or grumbling. As a man or woman thinks in his heart, so is he. We don't want to be grumblers. We don't want to be servants. We want to be lovers. It's the same reason he told us to pray, is, is the reason he told us not to grumble. The enemy wants to rob our internal peace and purpose to drain our external power to serve others. Listen, you show me a marriage with little or no passion, I'll show you a marriage where the spouses stopped serving each other years ago. You show me a losing team with little commitment, and I'll show you game film of teammates who stopped giving themselves up for each other games ago. You show me a church or a community stirring in conflict and grumbling and not engaged, and I'll show you one where the body of believers stopped serving each other and their community a long time ago. Now, this is sad, and it's not meant for guilt, so hang in there. But one out of every four promisers that served at the beginning of 2020 have not returned in 2021. That means that 25% of the people who served at the beginning of 2020 have not returned to serve in 2021. Now, I don't say that to make you feel bad. I say that prophetically because the enemy wants to rob your identity. He wants to rob who you are. There's believers in the room who you feel like you've never known who you are. Well, let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this, everyone, including yourself, will know that you are my disciples, my followers, my children, if you love one another. See, this weekend, 
This card is not about making you serve. It's about helping you see that you are made to serve. This is more about obedience. It's not about following a rule or doing what you're told. This, do you have to tell a horse to run or a fish to swim or my son to destroy things? No, it's who they are, their heart, right? It's what they were made to do. You were made to serve others and to move them to what is next in their relationship with Jesus. Let me ask you another hard question. Do you have a heart for serving? Do you have a heart for serving? There's hundreds of people that just thought, no, I don't. If you're a Christ follower, that's a lie from the devil. Whenever you became a new creation, whenever you became a son or a daughter of the Most High, you received a new heart. And that new heart is one of service, one of a servant. The real question is, what are your habits doing with the heart that God gave you? We really do have to put that heart to work. We really do have to move it towards what God is calling us to do. This is how Peter defines the more for believers. In verse 10, he says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. The best translation for that word gift is free favor. Now, if you're a believer, you would say, I've received free favor from God. And this year, we are finding favor. And if, if I could just give you a life hack of how to find more favor, give away the favor that you have, right? You don't wanna give more to somebody who hoards what you already gave them. Let's not be a stagnant pond of God's favor, but let it flow through us to the people in our lives and our communities. That's how you get it poured out on you, amen? That's what we're called to do. We do that through our gifts. We do it through what God's given us. So whether you know it or believe it or not, God has gifted you for something. God wants to use that gifting to change the world. But Zach, how could I be used for that? Zach, how could God use me in that kind of way? That's the same question a young woman asked about her gifting. And let's watch what happened to her. Hi, I am Caitlin Murley and um, I am a volunteer in the FB Kids groups and creative ministries at Faith Promise Church, and this is my testimony. Um, so pretty much my whole life, from as soon as I could talk to being 18 years old, I spent it complaining and grumbling and griping to God about how useless drawing and art seemed to be in advancing the kingdom of God. I came from a family of musicians, and it's clear to see how music can be used to elevate the glory of God like David did, but what could cartoons do? I think that God over my life probably rolled his eyes several times due to my petty complaining. Um, but I think he must have also rolled his eyes with a smile on his face because he knew that one day I would be 18, um, sitting in the lounge of a ship in Papua New Guinea, and I would be illustrating a book I had written um, on dental hygiene practices so that it, the illustrations can be used to help the locals understand how to take care of their teeth and how to take care of yourself using what you have. Um, and I remember I looked up from my paper late at night, my, my tablet, and God said these words to me, these words that he'd been saving my whole life. He said, this is how cartoons will advance the kingdom of God. And it just, the realization of it all just, you know, hit me like a tidal wave. And I began to sob and laugh and I stood and I praised God and I apologized and I thanked him. But I, I got home and, and I was like, okay, okay, cartoons are cool. 
um, and God wants to use them. I didn't know how, I didn't know where to start. So I, I took this gift and I put it in God's hands and um, we took it to the church and I said, I draw, do with it what you want. And, and next thing I knew, I was illustrating for the Finding Favorite Devotional and then for the promos that we had during Christmas and then for the Christmas invite stickers that we gave out to the masses and then for the Toymaker um, children's book itself. And, and I was just continually confounded by God's goodness and his faithfulness and his humor. He is he's hilarious. But it, And I was, I was you know reminded in all this, something that John Maxwell said the last time I heard him speak at Faith Promise, he said, God will only give you what he knows will flow through you which means that what God pours out freely on you, you are meant to pour out freely on others because everything he does is an example to how we should live. People say that their gift or talent is not ready to be used. It really doesn't have a use um, or it's just for personal use or enjoyment. And no, no, we are meant to share. Humans are meant to share everything we have because God shared everything he has. He is the master and, and we are the servants. And I don't know when God's gonna come back, but while I wait, I'm going to unbury my talents and invest them into the kingdom of God so that when he returns, which will not be when I'm expecting it, I will yet be prepared for it. And he will see that what he gave me, what he entrusted to me that first belonged to him, would have increased tenfold. And he may look at me and he may say, well done, good and faithful servant, come share in my joy. And that is all I really want. I just want to do what will make him proud. I want to take what he has faithfully given to me and be faithful with it and, and share it to, to his children because that was what we were meant to do. Everyone has somewhere to serve because, because God has prepared a place for everyone. Um, if you don't know how you can help or how you can serve, think about what you are deeply passionate about, what you enjoy more than anything else in the world. And what you're meant to do probably has something to do with that. Try any area that you can because he has prepared a place for you. And just because you can't see or don't know where it is doesn't mean it's not there. We are just short-sighted. Mm, is that not unbelievable? Is that not unbelievable? We would have made that video long, but I don't think y'all could have handled it. No, I'm just joking. Hey, I love, Caitlin Murley was sitting right up front in the last service, her and her whole family, takes up a whole row. And um, I was just telling her how proud I was of her. That as, as I read this book that she illustrated to my little girl, and sometimes it's hard for women to see, hey, this is how I lead in the kingdom. And I get to tell her, hey, Caitlin Murley is leading our family right now through our devotion time, through her faithfulness. And her mom and dad poured that into her. You just saw years of pouring into moms and dads. You just saw years of them pouring into their daughter that she's called and gifted. It's amazing. So Christ follower, we all have gifts that we've been given at birth, at rebirth when we got saved, and some we've picked up along the way. Gifts, just like God's love, is not something to be stored away, but something to be shared by serving others. Don't just take my words for it. Let's look at what Peter said, what God inspired him to say to us. In verse 11, which is my favorite verse of what we're reading, he says, if anyone speaks, we will all speak this week, so he's talking to us. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That's the kind of word you should speak. If anyone serves, that's what we're called to do. They should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory through your life, the power through your serving forever and ever. Amen. 
Listen, in the name of Jesus, I declare over your life the authority of Jesus that everything in that verse will be applied to you this week. You will speak the very words of God over your kids, over your spouse, over your friends, over strangers in your life. You will serve inside and outside of the church in the weeks to come, and we will see real people with real problems experience God's real love in our community. Amen. That's who we're called to be. That's who we are. And so God will provide your next step. And so your next step may be this serving card. Filling that out. Your next step may be this, and there'll be people at the doors as you go out to drop it in the bucket. We would love for you to do that so that we can serve you. Your potential is our passion. Your next step might be going to next steps. If you haven't been yet, we would love to have you there. But hey, do not let the enemy rob your power any longer. You are not powerless to serve because God will provide what you need. You are not powerless to serve because he will provide your strength. You are not powerless to serve because he will provide your next step. And so, hey, let's do this too. So again, those may be your next steps. Really quickly, I wanna, I wanna put something on the screen. So get your phone out. I want you to take a picture of this. I wanna encourage you, which of these habits will you start this week? Which of these habits will you start this week? That's for the, the communication card if you wanna go to next steps. But up on the screen, you're gonna see three habits then I want to encourage you to start at least one of. One, pray for eyes to see and words to speak that will serve others, that will push them closer to Jesus. Two, uh, be a servant through your gifting. Serve others at faith, promise, and outside through your gifting. And this third one is really next level. Use your gifting to help others discover their gifts. Help other people serve. Help other people get connected. We were all made to serve We were made for a life of power and a life of purpose. The only question is who and how are you serving others? How are you serving others? If we keep reading in Mark, we see that Jesus was talking to the disciples about serving in Mark 10. And we see Jesus finish by saying this, for even the the son of man did not come to serve, but to be served and give his life as a ransom for many. A lot of people, when they think about God, they think about a, an angry God full of rules and, and somebody you have to work to have a relationship with. But Jesus said about himself, he said that he came to serve us and give his life as a ransom so that we could have life and life of more, like he talked about in John 10, 10. So we have good news. No matter what's been done to you or what you have done, Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants to be a willing part of your life. And he made a way through giving up his life willingly. And the only thing you have to do to do that is ask. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. For with uh, with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with uh, the mouth he or she confesses resulting in salvation. So if you wanna start beginning a relationship with Jesus, that's exactly what we're gonna do. We're all gonna pray together. We're a family at Faith Promise, so we wanna pray with you. So would you just do me right now? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? This is your time to start a relationship with Jesus, and we're gonna walk with you right now. Everybody out loud, pray this with me. Say, God, thank you for wanting me. Please forgive me. You can have my old life. I want a new one. You can have my old heart. 
I want a new one. I will love and follow you no matter what for the rest of my life.